welcome to the Pro Beauty Pod. I'm Eve, editor of Professional Beauty, and together with my team, we'll be bringing you insight and opinion on all of the hottest trends and the biggest stories in beauty, spa, nails and aesthetics, as well as chatting with industry leaders and innovators about the secrets of their success. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy it. Hi and welcome back to another episode of the Pro Beauty Pod. My name is Lolly and I am one of the content writers here at Professional Beauty. This episode I am being joined by someone who I have been following on social media for literal years. I am obsessed with her work and I'm sure you guys are too even if you don't realise it. The wonderful Leticia Sophia is going to be joining me. She is a makeup artist. You might know her for doing Maya Jammer's makeup on the last and the current season of Love Island. And yeah, we talk about how she gets started in the industry, what it's like working on Love Island, the differences between doing makeup for red carpet and editorial, and also we dive into what it's like for her working as a young mother and how she juggles motherhood with her career. I loved speaking to her and I hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed my time talking to her. This week on the podcast, we have a very exciting guest and it's super, super busy and just at the top of her game, makeup artist, Leticia. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Thank you. So if you just want to give us a bit of background on who you are, where people might know you from. So my name's Leticia Sophia. I'm from London, born and bred, and I am a makeup artist and I do celebrity makeup work. I also do red carpet, telly, editorial. I'm kind of like a mixed bag and I just literally (laughs) do everything it seems like. But yeah, so that's what I do. And I've been in the industry probably for around, coming up to 10 years, I'd say. So quite a long time now. Yeah, you've been around the block. You've like I a know. bit of a jack of Makes all me trends. feel old. Oh no, don't say that. Where did your love of makeup first come from? What inspired you to take this journey? So do you know what's quite funny? It kind of originally came from seeing my mum. So my mum is the type where it doesn't matter if she's going to Tesco even to the gym or if she's going out she has to put a little bit of makeup on like that's just her so when I was in school I would go to her little cabinet where all her makeup is and I would I look back and I'm like I must have looked so crazy (laughs) but she loved because she's got green eyes she liked to wear brown eyeshadows and like the warm tone so I would just put on like brown brown eyeshadow go to school and that would be it I'd probably look a bit like a panda when I look back But that was kind of my first introduction. So I would just go off what my mum had and then just go to school wearing it. And everyone thought it looked fantastic. So I just would be, yeah, constantly trying different things on my face. But it would all be my mum's makeup. 
Yeah, I feel like that's something that a lot of people resonate with, like going through their mum's makeup bag when they're younger and it's sparking that passion. So what sort of training did you do? Did you do any like makeup courses or are you more self-taught? So I'm completely self-taught. And the way that it kind of happened is, so obviously in school, I'd be the one kind of trying little things. I wouldn't do too much makeup though. It was just simple, whether it was a lip or something on my eyes and back then we used to always use like a glitter eyeliner Mm. so I would do it on my friends and I would just do it on myself I do different colors and I think that's kind of what started my kind of expertise in this field because I was just constantly practicing practicing on myself practicing on other people and then as the years kind of went on and I decided actually I'm gonna give this a go that's when I'd have my friends coming over I'd be doing I'd say please let me just do your makeup I'd want to get content so I'd take pictures of them if we'd go out all my friends would be at my house I'd do their makeup I'd even you know on my mum because I remember I had a booking for a bridal and it was for the mother of the bride so I was like mum I need to make sure I know what I'm doing when it comes to maturer skin. So sit down Mm -hmm. and I'm doing it on you first. So that's literally how I just taught myself, if I'm being honest. And then also at the time I was really on YouTube and everyone was doing YouTube tutorials. I even started up my YouTube channel and I just grew with it really just every day trying out new things. And I feel like, again, that's something that is so in this generation people are so used to just going on youtube for a tutorial rather than going and doing the proper training so it's definitely a really good pathway for so many people to take to get into the industry when it came to actual first jobs what were your first sort of jobs and how did you get them like a makeup artist starting out and thinking okay i need to get a booking where do i begin So at the time, I was in like a transitional phase. I was at university and I had been studying international business and I worked part time at Mac uh, on a counter, but I was a cashier. So technically, when you're a cashier at Mac, you're not allowed to kind of get involved with doing makeup and stuff like that. But I would have a lot of people who would come up to me at the till and say, oh, I love your makeup. What have you used? Can you try this? Or do you do it privately? And that is literally how I started building up my client base, just from being in the tills, chatting with people. They liked my makeup and I might sneakily do a little bit of makeup on them when my manager wasn't looking because I wasn't allowed. Um, and then my first official job came from me being on the tills and a lady asked me, have you done photo shoots before? And I hadn't, but I just felt like, but I can do it. It's not something that I'm not used to it's not I'm used to working with people I know that I can do makeup so I said yeah yeah I've done it before I had it but I went and then that was it and I had such a good time it was for like a hair shoot and I did about two girls makeup and I just loved it and then it just kind of snowballed word of mouth like when I was on that shoot I met people there and then again working on that mat counter I was just building so much connections and another thing is obviously I was friends with a lot of the makeup artists and they were already freelance so when they weren't able to take certain jobs they would just pass their jobs to me I'd be like pass them all to me I don't mind I don't care where it is I will go I will do it I don't care how much the fee is I just was ready to just really get into as much as I could 
And what you said about, you know, building the relationships with the people on the shoots, I think is so important. So for people who are wanting to get started in editorial shoots, you know, what would you say is the best place to start? Should they be reaching out to creative directors or photographers or? Yeah, so I think now in today's world, the tools like Instagram and, you know, social media, whether it, you know, even things like Facebook, because a lot of people, they do repost things on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think you need to be connected. You need to be reaching out to people. However, when you do reach out, you want them to look at your page and see a, like a snapshot of your work. So all your content, you've got to make sure the content is great. The lighting is great. It just shows off your skill in the best way because that's all it takes. They'll look at your page and they'll be like, yeah, actually. And then that's it. But if you show, if you reach out to so many people and you don't have any work to show, they're not probably like, they're not really probably going to give you a chance. It's sad because it, how do you know that that person isn't what you're looking for? But everyone just goes off of what they can see. Um, so that's why I would say definitely get in those DMs, reach out to people, but just also make sure that your work is a true representation of your skill. You work with a lot of brands as well. So how do you begin building those brand relationships? Did that sort of come as you got a bit more traction on your own social media or the other way around? So, do you know, it's so funny when I look back, but there was this, um, I think it's called BeautyCon, and it was in London, and this was right at the beginning. I had no connections to any brands whatsoever, and I just thought, let me go to this BeautyCon. They're going to have so many brands there, and they have, like, little stalls. Um, and then maybe their representatives of the brand, so whether it's their PR or whatever, and they were going to be there and they had a few talks. So I said, fine, I'm going to go. And it was it was probably expensive. It was expensive. I don't know. Maybe the ticket was about £200. It was a lot. But I just felt like, I think my mum even paid half as a birthday present for me. Something like that. I'm pretty sure. So I went and I went with another friend who was working at Mac at the time. And she was like, just go up to the counter and just say, hey, you know, I'm a makeup artist. I'm just at the beginning. And I was so nervous. like I was so scared. And I went up to Eyelaw, which is a lash brand company. And I went up there and then I just was like, hi, like I'm Leticia. And I was so nervous. And she was so nice. And she was like, give me your details, give me your Instagram. I'm going to send you out a package and I'm going to put you on our PR list. And I'm not joking. I, I was over the moon and that was it. And I think from me just having that little bit of my friend pushing me, because I am confident, but it's also, it's very daunting. I, you know, you don't know how they're going to react. Um, but from then, I was friends with like the PR team. So then, you know, I would meet up for lunches with them. I'd get invited to events. And then I think literally when you post where you're at events and stuff, other brands might take notice and there's no harm in also just if you can't go to events and physically see brands you know go online have a look at who is the PR for these brands or even on Instagram and I'm sure someone will get back to you where you can try to start a little bit of a link but that was literally it 
Oh, I love that. And I feel like it is a bit of, you know, you've really yeah. got to put yourself out there in the start and show that you're hungry for it. And they, the brands yeah. recognise that. And do you know what? I, I was really kind of, I don't know what vision I had of what these brands were going to be like, but if anything, they're really excited to speak to kind of new talent and to include them. And, you know, it's kind of like a positive exchange for both parties. So, yeah, I just think you just can't be scared. You've just got to put yourself out there and go for it. When it comes to your celebrity clients, like, you have done some incredible red carpet and TV looks recently. Like, I'm literally obsessed with your Instagram. Thank you. No, and how do you begin, like, working with celeb clients? And what goes into, you know, building up the relationship with them? Obviously, we know you've got a really good relationship with Maya Jama. So where did that sort of come from? And how do you just sort of build that for longevity as well? So I think with the way that it happened with Maya is at the time, Snapchat was really like the, you know, I mean, it's still a cool thing, but not yet. Like it was really popular. You mean like dog filter era? Yes, literally (laughs) that era, literally that era. So around then, I remember she, I don't know, I think I had her on Snapchat because I think you could just have anyone at that Mm. day and age, I'm not sure. Anyway, so I saw that she was like going somewhere maybe and she had got her makeup done or something and she rarely would wear makeup you know she was very natural Mm -hmm. and I just replied to her story and I said hey if you ever need um your makeup done I'm based in London this is my Instagram you can have a look have a nice day type thing that was it and instantly you really like shot your shot yeah I just thought because that's what I used to do I just used to because I think I don't know if could you dm on instagram back then i'm not sure maybe but maybe you had to be following each other something like that but i feel like snapchat was just so you could really just dm who you will message who you want and they'd see it um so yeah that was it she followed me right away and then that was it and it was just instant but in terms of like you know all my other clients and stuff i just think you know clients are going to look at your work I think that is what they are mostly interested in they want to see what you can do so I think the fact that I try to post as much of my work and show different sides to what I can do if anything it just attracts other people then to reach out so I think that's what it is really it, it's like a snowball effect as well it's word of mouth and it's just the more the more you keep your content up to date people are just gonna it's gonna get their attention So I try my best to keep my content going. And then in terms of just our relationships, like to be honest with the majority of my clients, I've got quite good relationships with, but I just think it's just down to, you've just got to be yourself and just enjoy it. You know, the job that I do, I'm so blessed because I go there and I just think, oh my gosh, this is crazy. This is my job. I just get to have a good time, do makeup, you know go to the most amazing places so I just think living the dream literally honestly I am and I'm so grateful so I think you've just got to literally appreciate and if you love what you do you know they say you won't have to work a day in your life honestly Mm -hmm. that is that and I think that's just what happens with the growth of relationships and stuff because you're all just there enjoying and trying to grow each other yeah and I think especially for celebs as well like not talking from personal experience but I can imagine having the people you surround yourself with just have to be like on that same journey with you so it's really important to find someone who like aligns with you and your feelings as well yes exactly
what's like the biggest difference for doing like a red carpet look compared to an editorial shoot so i think with red carpet because there are there are going to be so many cameras you don't know their lighting you don't know anything about it so i tend to with red carpet i tend to go a little heavier because it actually looks a lot softer mm. on the cameras I think because of the bright lights. Um, so yeah, I tend to make sure that the under eyes were really set. Um, everything is just blended immacul immaculately. And I don't mind using a lot of powder products. But on the other hand, for editorial, because you're literally on a set, you can do touch ups in and out, you can literally look at the camera and look at the I mean, you can look at the picture, and then you can adjust as you go. Um, you can use a lot of like a lot less product. Mm -hmm. I like to use a lot more cream products just to get more of a dewiness, a glow to the skin. So yeah, I think it's a lot less when it comes to editorial. Obviously, it depends as well of the brief because you don't know what the brief is going to be. But what's nice about it is that you can jump in as you see something. Mm -hmm. Whereas with red carpet, it's one done. And that's it and you just hope for the best when the pictures come out so that's why you've just got to make sure that you know if you've got like a a, a warm eye you want to make sure that the pigment is really strong and you've layered it as much as you can so that it will show up yeah. on the cameras whereas in an editor in an editorial shoot you probably won't have to do that And we can't sit and talk about your career without mentioning Love Island, obviously. I know. So you spent the last couple of months flying back and forth between South Africa. First of all, how was it? Honestly, it was amazing. It was such an amazing experience. The only side to it, which was a bit like tiring, was just the flights, yeah. honestly, because they were about 12 hours uh, like to go and come like each way. But other than that, honestly, it was just such an amazing experience. And I'm just so happy with how everything just came out. And working on a show like that, you know, you're doing the host makeup. How much prep work goes into it? Because I imagine you're like planning these looks well in advance with her stylist and like hair team. So do you know what it is? I think I can't think of a makeup look or, or decide on a makeup look rather without knowing what the outfit yeah. is. So... I speak with her stylist, honestly, every day. Even now, I speak with her. It's Ria Francois. We speak all the time. And I'd be on at her, like, what's the outfit? I need to decide what makeup I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. So sometimes it would be last minute. But whenever I see a makeup look or there's something that I like or whatever, I'll kind of bank mm -hmm. it in my mind and then hope that one day I can either do something like that or adapt it to whatever the outfit is. But yeah, it was just all kind of based upon the outfit. So yeah, it was it was very sometimes last minute, but at the same time, I think what made it special is that because the outfits were so different, it gave me the opportunity to create such different looks, which is what I wanted. I didn't want to do it, things the same for the whole season. I wanted to really switch it up and get people talking about her glam mm -hmm. looks which they did, so I'm so happy yeah, about it. Yeah, you definitely, like, hit the brief every time, knocked out the part. Oh, thank you. And you were talking about, like, banking the inspiration. Where do you get your inspiration from? Is there other makeup artists? Are you a Pinterest 
fiend or just your feed on Insta? I think my feed on Insta, number one, definitely, because, you know, it could be anything. I could just see, oh, I like that wing, the way it's done. So I'll kind of bank that wing because I like it and then put it into something and adapt it to, like, my style. But also TikTok. Mm. Honestly, I will be on TikTok sometimes for hours. I'll be like, right, I'm going to have a five-minute break just to sit here. Two hours later. No, honestly, my, like, time on it is embarrassing. I need to sort it out. But you're just getting the whole of scrolling. Like, especially if you find a creator that you really like. I'll click on their profile and be like, I have been looking at one girl's face for the last 40 minutes. Like, what am I doing? I know. I know. Honestly, it is literally a big hole. But... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the one great thing about it is I do get a lot of inspiration from it. But then also, you know, like when there's red carpets and stuff and you like look through all the different celebrities' makeup looks, I think that's also just such a fun time when there's the big Mm -hmm. carpets and you can just be like, oh, I like that, I like that. So yeah, it's just kind of what I just see in the world and I just absorb and try to get some influence from it and make it my own. What's been your most, like, memorable shoot or job that you've done? Oh, memorable. Do you know, do you know what, actually? I think just because this was, I think this was the first time I went to America, I think. Oh, no, LA. It was the first time I went to LA, and this was, like, a big thing for me. I just couldn't believe it. I was going to LA for work. Like, this is literally what dreams are made of. And Maya had a job, she had a a collection of pretty little things at the time. I don't know how many years ago this was, but this was massive for her. This was just, it was massive for me. It was just massive for everyone. And we were in, we were just a bit out of LA. I can't remember where we was, but it was this really cool hotel where every room had a different theme. So she actually had like Wild West and had like knives on her walls and all this horrible (laughs) decor. And I was in like the princess room, which was lovely. But we just had so much fun. I think because it was just our first time in LA. We went out together. It was just a complete different experience. And she's literally one of my closest friends. So it's like being on holiday with, you know, your best friend. So it was so fun. And then to be there for work is just icing on is it no cherry on top yeah cherry on top icing on the cake one of them yeah that's it one of them but um yeah I think that was definitely a memorable trip because it was a lot of firsts Mm -hmm. for just everyone yeah and you you never get tired of firsts do you there's always like another first to hit yeah exactly which makes just everything so exciting yeah I love that and um you've got a huge following on social media as well especially Instagram do you think that helped your career as a makeup artist or did your career help you grow your following which way did it sort of work yeah I I definitely think it does work hand in hand but I think my career has grown it for sure um Because at the beginning, it's so weird, Instagram, honestly, the algorithm and everything. But at the beginning, when Instagram, honestly, me too. But I found it really easy to get followers, like, years ago. I would just post one nice picture. And then, do you remember, everyone would, like, Mm -hmm. repost the same picture. Mm -hmm. And then that was it. You'd gain, like, overnight 3,000 followers or something crazy. But, yeah, I think definitely now um, the kind of 
you know, people that want to follow me are definitely into makeup and into celebrity makeup or products or things like that. So I think definitely my career is what is pushing that and boosting mm. it. And how do you sort of balance the social media with other jobs? I guess for you now, you're mainly using your social media to like document your other jobs. But before, did you ever find it difficult to like, know how much time to spend on Instagram and how much time to actually concentrate on clients or do you know what I feel like you know a few years ago Instagram was big but it wasn't as intense as it is Mm. now so now there's a lot of pressure if you want to you know be relevant so to speak or just have your work out there or get views people really focus on that and they post consistently like once twice a day but back then I felt I didn't feel the pressure but at the same time I wanted to keep my social content fresh so I just found that when I wasn't doing clients so say if I was on the way or whatever that would be my time to get my content sorted and I would organize it and so that it's when I want to post it I can just post it up and that's it but I just find yeah using my time wisely to organize my content was probably the best way to manage that. You spoke a lot about how you like travel for work and something a lot of beauty professionals struggle with is the home work balance, especially because it's not a typical nine to five anyway, and especially if they're doing what you're doing, traveling all over the world. You're a mum as well. How do you find balancing it? How do you deal with being away from your little one? I feel like... The main thing is just the support around me, if I'm being honest. So, you know, I'm in a space where I really, you know, I'm so happy with my career and I just want to grow it and I want to give everything to it. But I'm in this new phase of my life where I'm also a mum to a two-year-old. But the way that I manage it is that, honestly, my mum, my stepdad, they're just, whenever I'm away, they, you know, take full responsibility of him and I just trust them Mm. so much so when I'm away I don't feel that stressed or upset because he's honestly having the best time but I'll pick him up (laughs) and he cries because he just loves them so much Um, (laughs) no honestly honestly so that obviously helps but I just think I have to be so Mm. organized like I am literally the most organized person I have to-do lists coming out my ears I literally plan everything down to a T and honestly that I just think is how things Mm. operate and I also I don't stress myself out too much you know sometimes I'll get home I've had a long day I just want to chill with my son and the house is a mess and I'm like do you know what it doesn't matter sort out tomorrow and I think at the beginning when I first stepped back into work after being a mum I was a bit hard on myself and I felt like I had to do everything to perfection but now I'm just like no no one's judging you like you just wing it just go for it and just do yeah. what you can like my son's great I'm what great do you want? my family my friends everyone's great so you know just go with it and I think that's it the minute you kind of take the pressure off that you've got to do this and and I'm quite fortunate that my clients they're honestly so understanding of if I'm like, oh, can I finish maybe half hour early or can I come a bit earlier or do later? And they're like, yeah, no problem. But Maya always wants me to bring his eye over. That's my son. Yeah, like she's I was obsessed say, do you take him on So set? it's so nice. I love it. Yeah, like 
he loves it you know when I, I had been away um in South Africa for Love Island I think it was the first one or something like that so I was away for like a week and I thought right this week where I've got jobs he's just coming with me because I just want him with me I just you know mm. and he loves it honestly he loves it he's so well behaved and just loves it he's just so funny he makes everyone laugh so I just think it's that as well you've just got to kind of manage it and mix it in when you can and, and he's gonna have yeah. like I'm just fortunate that people yeah, understand he's gonna it. have the best memories as well of like growing up doing that it's so I know. cool for him I know right honestly I know could change one thing about the beauty industry what would you change so I think that already there has been a lot of change but I just think I would like to completely make sure that brands are just inclusive and a lot of brands and when I say inclusive I mean of just color shades different tones skin types because I do feel like, you know, oh my gosh, the beauty industry has come so far and it makes me so happy that there's just so many brands representing different skin mm-hmm. uh, tones and skin types. And I love that, but I still feel like we still have a way to go because some brands, you know, they will have a range of shades and they're just the wrong undertone still. You might visually have all the colours there, but they're just the wrong undertones. And I just feel like, honestly, the day where everyone is included, you can literally go to Superdrug if you want and get, you know, the cheapest product. Or you can go up to Selfridges and and get what you want. I just want every brand to just cater to everyone. Yeah. That's what I would like. But we're getting there, yeah. Do you think you'd ever launch your own brand? I would love to. So keep your eyes peeled (laughs) all right we'll leave it at that (laughs) and um desert island beauty products what are the three things you could not live without so i love my dior lip oil Mm -hmm. that is just is an everyday essential for me and i also love Oh, this is really tricky because if I'm on a desert island, I'm going to need some Fenty Beauty SPF with me. Not a literal desert island. Okay, fine. fine, Hypothetical. Okay, fine. Three three must take. Yeah, so my Dior lip oil, I love curling my lashes. Honestly, it makes the biggest difference ever. It just, I don't know. I just don't know what I was doing about it, but I love my Tweezerman eyelash curler. That is um, such a good curler. My cousin put me on yeah. to like lash curling. She literally will be on a night out in a bar and she'll be sat there curling her <laughs> lashes. And I'm like, what are you so doing? But it works. Like her lashes yeah. are crazy long and it just makes such a difference. Honestly, it makes such a difference. Even if you don't have mascara on, like this is like my quick if I'm going out. And then I've been loving this. I've been loving this and going through a million of them, but... Have you seen the Refi brow sculpt? Yeah, is that the white? Is that the white paste? Yeah, yeah, I got it. It took me a couple of times to like get the knack. I was going yeah. out looking like I had dandruffy eyebrows, and I was like, "This ain't a look." Yeah. But once I got it, because I've got really thick brows as well, and the way it just lays them down, I was like, "Yeah, this is not leaving my kit." 
honestly so good like if i just want to go out and i want to look fresh and my skin's nice whatever that is honestly those three i'd be happy with perfect finishing touch love it yeah. and if there was one bit of advice that you would give to your younger self when you were like first starting what would it be what would you tell yourself i just think that i would probably say just go for it you know ignore all the background noise of people maybe not trusting that you might succeed but just go for it and you just have to believe in you just be you and trust the process there will be ups and downs and you might feel like you want to quit because it's not going the way that you planned but you've just got to push through and just trust in your ability amazing love that great way to end it is that a good one so good thank you so so much for coming on the podcast oh no you're sharing welcome. your story and yeah i'm sure loads of people are just gonna be like so inspired by everything you're doing and oh, i hope so yeah so thank you very much no thank you that was lovely that was so great to talk to Leticia and I hope you guys enjoyed the episode as much as I enjoyed speaking to her she is so inspiring and you can just really tell how passionate she is and how much she loves what she gets to do every day thank you so much for listening to this episode make sure you like subscribe and all of that good stuff share us on social media and we will be back with another episode next week see you then Thank you.